Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Spurscast, episode 633. My name is Paul Garcia, and I'm your host here on the Spurscast. Today, I'll be joined by Project Spurs writer Benjamin Bornstein. In this episode, Ben and I will discuss the Spurs waving Lucas Simonich, more preseason observations, and the state of the team roster. Let's go ahead and jump right into this episode. Ben, how are you doing? I am fantastic, sir. How are you? I'm doing very well myself. You know, this is not not really some surprising news, but but uh, you know, it's, it was it was a little bit unique that this this news that Lucas Shamanic was waived by the team on a Monday. So let's go ahead and jump right into that topic, Ben. Uh, so so as we just mentioned, you know, there the uh, the Spurs did waive Shamanic on on Monday. Uh, you know, on paper, this kind of did it, did it, did it looked like a surprising move. Reason why I say that is because like when you look just like at Samanich on, on the roster, he's just 21 years old. The Spurs could have, um, you know, exercised the team option to keep him on the roster for next season. And then in 23, 24, they could have actually made him a restricted free agent. So in terms of the, the long-term outlook, it looked like, you know, wh- why would they make this decision? When you look at the eye test, though, and what Coach Pop's rotations have been, it just wasn't working out for Luca. Um, you know, Doug McDermott is the starter right now at the four. Then sometimes Pop plays small, so he brings Devin Vassell in as the backup four. If he wants to play more traditional, then he's bringing in Thaddeus Young as the as the back as that secondary four. And then lastly, we've even been seeing um, Keita Bates' job getting getting uh, minutes ahead of Lucas Shamanich here in the rotation throughout mo- most of these preseason games. The only time where Luca played a lot of minutes was in that starting game where he started against the Miami Heat. Um, we also know that the Spurs need to make some roster cuts here. Uh, they need to either waive or trade, uh, you know, one more player now. And it, it was two players now that Luca's off the team and they actually have six days to make that, that decision. Well, uh, Ben and I will get into that in a little bit here. Um, Lucas still gets his two, $2.9 million guaranteed salary. Uh, if another team claims him off the waiver list by Wednesday, uh, then uh, his salary of 2.9 million will no longer be on the Spurs' books. It'll go, he'll, he'll be a, a fully guaranteed player to that other team. Uh, if they were to again, waive, uh, I mean, um, pick him up off the waiver list so ben here's my first question to you were you surprised or did you expect this i was a little surprised i thought they were going to give him another year but i don't know the way their off-season signings went this was kind of being foreshadowed i mean they went Mm -hmm. out and got they knew that they were going to have issues at the four and five and they went out and tried to shore that up they got thad young they got zach collins who won't be Mm -hmm. available immediately but will be available down the road, probably around Christmas time. Um, they got Doug McDermott, Dougie McBuckets, my yes. guy. And um, they got for Alpha Rucamino, who mm-hmm. uh, we're going to talk about this later, but he has potential to get waived as well. Mm-hmm. So, and then you have Kata Bates Jop kind of playing for sometimes, and Devin Vassell is able to kind of play a little bit of everything. So he may take some minutes there as well, but Samanich just he has some of the tools you want to see, mm-hmm. but with him it's it's between the ears, man. 
He just, yeah. it's not, he's not all there uh, mentally. He doesn't always give great effort. And frankly, that's, that's why Keldon Johnson has, he has forced coach the coaches to put him in the lineup. He, yep. he does all of the little dirty work things that other guys don't want to do. He basically refuses to get to, to not get a board that's in his area. He refuses to be denied at the rim. It's just, you know, Simonich has the height, the tools, the athleticism. He has all these things that Keldon Johnson doesn't. And remember, they were picked in the same draft. Yep, and, and Luca was ahead of him. Nineteen. Luca was ten picks yep. ahead of him. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because I thought so. I thought it was going to be reversed. I thought Keldon was going to be the nineteenth pick, and Simonich was going to be the 29th pick. Mm-hmm. Granted, they still got both those guys anyway, but Keldon Johnson has just made the most of the time he's been given, and he has forced the coach's hands, which is great. Lucas Simonich never really did that, and you know, a lot of people are going to point to that play against the Magic where he didn't get back on defense and it was, oh, he's being lazy. It's like, first of all, it's a preseason game. Yeah. Second of all, what is he going to do? He's going to go run back and he's going to foul the living bejesus out of a guy and potentially get a flagrant. Don't be dumb, okay? Yeah, that wasn't a good look by any means. Sure, there's no doubt about that. But also, in a preseason game, that's not the stuff you really need to be getting after. So I don't know. It's, it was, it was kind of uh, a weird moment for sure. But I, and a lot of people are saying that's the straw that broke the camel's back and maybe it was, but there were other times throughout the preseason and throughout previous opportunities where Simonich just didn't give enough effort. And that's not going to be acceptable on a team that's coached by Greg Popovich. Yeah, no, you made a bunch of great points there. And I think you kind of just, you know, you pretty much wrapped everything up right there. That was that was perfectly said there. Uh, and just, you know, for me, what I was a little bit surprised was, I think what, what you mentioned in the, in the moves they made this offseason kind of showed that that why, why maybe it wasn't as surprising. So the reason why I say that is because, you know, Rudy Gay has kind of been that backup for for the team these last few years. And now that he was off the team, I felt like, okay, this is the year that Simonich will get his chance that, you know, Rudy's gone from the team. He can now be that backup for or maybe even start. And then when you see that they did sign Doug McDermott in the offseason, like you mentioned earlier, they, they got some other players there. And then just the rotations pop initially started off with in preseason. It's like, oh, well, you know, the writing's kind of on the wall here. And we kind of discussed this last week on the Spurs cast, Stephen Anderson and I, or Stephen Michael and I. And um, we kind of talked about how he, this could end up being Olivio Jean Charles situation where the Spurs took a, a, a player in the first round. He had a guaranteed contract just like, uh, just like Luca, And they had to make a roster cut to get the roster down to a certain number. And they ended up waiving him, even though he had guaranteed money on his books. And so, again, we'll kind of see if maybe another team picks him up on on his on his deal and that way they they have a chance at him you know keeping him for this season maybe giving him giving him more opportunity but again i just feel like what what ben said there you know the eye test just didn't show it for him where where yes he has all that potential he has um you know a a different arsenal of moves and his offensive repertoire the fact is though you know you got to show that energy that hustle and bring it on the defensive end to play for coach pop and that was something like ben said you know keldon did it a very um early um part of his career whereas luca hasn't done that and 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 like i like i mentioned as well there's been some other players in front of him too and, and so this kind of just, you know, worked out this way. And Luca is now, um, you know, right now he's an unrestricted free agent. Well, again, we'll see if um, somebody picks him up before Wednesday. And Ben and I are recording this on a Tuesday. 
Let's go to our second topic here. And these are just um, some more observations on the team. I know that um, Steve and Michael and I did a deep dive on this last week with just two preseason games, but now we actually have four preseason games in the book. So let's first uh, revisit the last two games that the Spurs played in. On Friday, they uh, they played Miami at home in, in San Antonio. Uh, they, they lost 109-105. Uh, there was no Yaka Perto in this game. The Heat only had eight players, and they were on the second night of a back-to-back the Spurs fell behind early by 19 points, but they did make it a close game, but Miami ended up closing that game out. Then on Sunday, the Spurs traveled to, to Orlando and beat the Magic 101-100. Um, the, the rotation players um, did a good job in this one. For the first three quarters, they built a very comfortable lead. They, they actually built the lead up to 18 points in Orlando. Then in the fourth quarter, the Spurs sat down all their starters and rotation players, and they pretty much put their third-string players out there, while the Magic actually played a lot of their starters. So, so the Magic almost made a comeback, but again, we have to look at the two uh, lineups that were there and just keep in mind that it is preseason. And so, Ben, uh, I think now that with four preseason games, um, you know, in the books and just one left here on, on Friday against Houston, we're kind of seeing some different things here. And so the, the first thing I want to talk to you about is the rotations. We're kind of seeing this, um, you know, it's now it's becoming more consistent where it's going to be uh, DeJounte Murray, Derek White, Keldon Johnson, Doug McDermott and Jakob Pertl as, as Pop starting five. And then off the bench, uh, he continues, Coach Pop continues to um, to stagger the minutes of Murray or White having one of them play the backup point guard role. Then Bryn Forbes at the two, Lonnie at the three, sometimes Vassell at the four, and then, and then Eubanks at the five. And Coach Pop's also been experimenting more so with um, having Young at the four, um, uh, Thaddeus Young and Drew Eubanks as, at the five. Um, and again, we want to note that Trey Jones is out right now. He, he got re-injured according to Coach Pop just right, right when he was supposed to make his comeback. He got injured in three-on-three workout, so maybe he ends up being the backup point guard. But for now, I don't think that Pop would throw Trey Jones right into the starting, you know, in, as the backup point guard immediately in the first game of the regular season next week. So do you think this is kind of the rotation that he's going to go with? And also, what are your thoughts on this rotation? I don't know if this is going to be the early on starting rotation. I think, although I do think having those first five of Murray White, Keldon, McDermott, Pirtle would be pretty decent spacing. You have uh, two legitimate shooters in Derek White and Doug McDermott, Keldon Johnson, who can hit a three in kind of in his spots. And then you have a great cleanup guy in Pirtle and, of course, Murray, who is directing your traffic and um, kind of, you know, orchestrating your offense, which is what you want. Um, I really do want to see Trey Jones come back healthy and playing backup point guard, because I think you might get in trouble staggering Murray and white um, using them with the second unit. I wouldn't mind Derek white playing point guard in the second unit. I think it would give him some latitude to do a little more of what he's capable of doing. And that's driving a little more and and getting some pull-ups here and there. But uh, looking at that second route, that second, rotation or the the second string guys mm-hmm. i'm very concerned about where three point shooting comes from uh vassell can shoot it he hasn't had vo- he hasn't had the opportunity to shoot in volume yet which i'm sure he will with that unit um lonnie walker as we know and as has been discussed on this podcast and the two shots podcast is that he can he he can absolutely go ballistic scoring wise, or he can blow up your offense with per- terrible decision making. So I'm kind of terrified to see what Lonnie does this year. It's uh, one of those beautiful explosions you can't look away from. But uh, Bryn Forbes is going to be a solid guy. You know what he's going to do night in and night out, and he's a he's a gunner. He can shoot the three, not a problem. You got to get him open, but he'll hit the three when you get him open. 
And, you know, depending on who your backup guy is, Murray or White, you can, you'll, you'll see some threes out of them, more so White than Murray, of course. But that's not to say Murray, maybe Murray take, you know, goes higher volume on threes this year. And, you know, I think he's still going to get to his mid-range. That's where he's comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think something that Spurs fans need to be on the lookout for is uh, a lower percentage of shots coming from the mid-range. And I know you were keeping track of this for each of the preseason games, and I did notice that those numbers were kind of consistently below 20, 25%. Is that right? Mm-hmm. As far as yeah. amount of shots taken from the mid-range. Another week of the NFL season means another shot to win big at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. The last 0-0 tie in the NFL was in 1943, so I'd say this is a no-brainer. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Throw down $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Yeah, until they ran into Orlando. And so, yeah, so let's let's get into that. So so just looking at the offense now, um, you know, they, they're, they're kind of what we actually, I, for, for, just in my opinion, just, again, it's preseason data, so we don't want to put too much emphasis on it. Uh, but again, it's the only data that we do have at this moment. It, it kind of surprised me that amongst all preseason teams, they're actually 14th on offense, 104.5 points per 100 is what they're putting up. The pace is kind of, we, Stephen and I discussed this last week, it was a little concerning last week that the Spurs were already showing some signs of, of not being as fast as they said they were going to play. And, and actually it's gotten worse uh, here in, in the last, um, you know, as, as the week has gone on. They're now um, 27th amongst all preseason teams and their pace is at 101.13 possessions per 40 minutes. So again, they talked about playing faster, but when you actually watch the game on the court they're not playing as fast they're, they're, they're going more to more so to that half court offense type of sets and that's not good for this team which needs to which is going to have trouble getting baskets so, so i'll go into that into detail and kind of what you just mentioned there ben um you know in terms of their shot selection they're doing a they're doing a better job uh they've kind of trimmed down on, on the uh, on the paint attempts uh last year they were at they were at 46 i mean 49 they were getting to the to the rim now they're at 46 percent, so it's dropped off a little bit here uh, 30, they, they've increased their three-point volume, like we just mentioned there, from 31% a year ago to now 38% right now in the preseason. And then, like you mentioned, Ben, uh, the mid-range has gone down from 20% last last season to now 16%. Now, something concerning there was that Orlando played a more traditional lineup with, um, uh, who was, what's his name, Wendell Carter Jr. Yeah. and uh, Mo Bamba at the four and five. So when the Spurs played a big team like that, that, that you know, used more of a more um, traditional lineup, they actually w- couldn't get to the rim at all. So, I mean, not, not, as, not as frequently. So they actually ended up taking, I think, 23% of their shots in that Orlando game 
game where we're from the mid range when San Antonio had done a great job all preseason of staying away from that range. So, so again, that's something a little concerning to watch. Uh, and then something else I just noted, look, going out through the four preseason games is that you really see DeMar DeRozan gone in, in the, in the number of free throw attempts. This team just isn't getting as many free throw attempts anymore. We kind of expected that they just don't have that player who's consistently getting fouled and just getting to the line, um, you know, for this team to, to get them, you know, some easy points and something that um, Bruno Passos from pounding the rock, um, you know, he and I um, went to the game the other night for the Spurs game. We were sitting, you know, w- watching from the media area. And one thing he noticed was that, you know, almost every single offensive possession for the Spurs in the half court, there's a dribble handoff, dribble handoff. There's like three or four in a possession. And so like Br- Bruno just basically asked like the simple question, you know, where is this team going to get their easy points? Getting to the paint is now difficult for them. Getting to the free throw line is now difficult for them. And then if they're not playing quickly and, and you know, r- running up and down the court, then if there's no transition buckets, well, then that gets difficult as well. So that's my question to you. What, what are you seeing on offense, especially, you know, um, as, as the regular season does begin next week? So I think if they're going to continue to have a lot of DHO action, uh, I, I think what they're hoping for is that they're doing it a lot up top and yes. you get, um, you know, they're, they're probably hoping that Pirtle or McDermott or so, whoever's setting the screen is setting a, a hard and good enough screen that the point guard is getting a switch. Mm-hmm. I think if they get that switch, they feel more comfortable driving, getting by that big man and getting to where they want to be. So I would imagine with all of that going on with all the dribble handoffs, um, they're, they're just trying to, they're trying to hunt for mismatches and get to their spots. And um, if you watch college ball, they have, Kansas likes to run this kind of offense where they'll kind of um, they'll kind of three man weave at the top, handoff, yeah. handoff, 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 handoff. You know, go go side to side until they feel that they have a um, they have a mismatch they like, and then you go you go straight to a dribble handoff, or your big man comes up, gets the ball, gives you a dribble handoff, gives you the screen, and you go. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. so- Oh, good. I think there's there's opportunity for that, and you know, granted, the defenders in the NBA are much better than they are in college. But um, if if you, you know, if you're getting a handoff to Derek White or uh, Devin Vassell potentially, or Doug McDermott, and you know, if you're a Doug McDermott, and you have a small guy on you. I'm shooting over him. Yeah, I mean, I if I'm Doug McDermott, I don't I don't really have um, a conscience of where I'm shooting as long as it's not too terribly far beyond the line. Okay, yeah, and and you know, so so that's a good way of looking. Maybe they are looking for the mismatches. I, uh, Bruno and I, we were di- we were discussing this. We were just thinking like it's like their their best way of trying to basically make the defense, you know, o- o- open some gaps there so they can shoot down the middle and try to attack attack the defense. Um, also, um, you know, because because also they you know they run the pick and roll, but that that also you know has some difficulty because a lot of teams are just going under them until you know Dejounte, Derek White, Kelton, they become you know you know good pull up pull up shooters. The defense are going to continue to go go under them on, on those pick and rolls. Um, and then you know defensively, there's not too many. Concerns, you know, just yet again, it's just preseason data, so we don't to look too much into this. But um, they're, they're they're basically tenth amongst teams uh, in preseason numbers here, uh, holding teams to 101 points per 100. Um, you know, and they've had some pretty good defensive quarters. They continue to to, to put out these these defensive quarters of holding a teams uh, below 20 points. So again, we want to remind um, you know those of you listening that it is preseason. A lot of these teams are missing some of their starters. But again, it's just something that I think defensively the Spurs are right there. Um, you know, teams are are, are you know th- in terms of the numbers, they kind of look very similar to last season. So the Spurs are kind of doing what what they were doing a little bit uh, last season and keeping that in place and then the last player i want to discuss um you know here is just because i've, I've seen his name a few times on twitter uh is Derek white we know that he's struggling a little bit right now um to shoot the basketball and again it's just preseason but he's doing all the right things um you know he's setting 
up his teammates on offense. He's uh, he's making the right plays on defense, just like just the things that Derek White usually does. And right now, you know, Coach Pop doesn't seem too concerned by by, by his play because he's continued to get the same uh, you know kind of minutes that he's been getting all preseason. He's continued to start right next to Dejounte Murray. So again, I don't I don't think that the the the, the, the um, shooting numbers in preseason are too concerning for the Spurs right now. What are your thoughts on on Derek White's play? Yeah, it's. I mean, this is a guy who's coming off injuries. Mm-hmm. He's got he's got to get in his groove. He's got to shooters got to shoot, man. You can't you can't be timid in this league. If you're if you're having you know a bad stretch, you you have to shoot yourself out of it. That's the way these things mm-hmm. work. So if you're Derek White, just keep shooting, man. If they're yeah. if they're good shots, nobody's going to be mad at you. You know that's how it works. There these these coaches aren't going to get angry about missed good shots. You know, if you're trying to pull up with a dude with his hand in his in your face, yeah, we're gonna have problems. That's a terrible shot. But you know, you're getting you're getting clean looks off screens, or you're getting you mm-hmm. know clean looks off whatever action you're running. Then they're just not falling. That's different. You you can live with those. So, and again, it's preseason. It doesn't really exactly. matter in the in the scheme of things. If if anything, it's this is great that he's missing so many shots. You get it out of the system. And you, yeah. you can say to yourself, all right, that was preseason. I'm done with that. It's let's let's hit some shots. Yeah. I mean, I, I honestly can't even remember any years where like I've gone back and looked at individual player shooting numbers in preseason because all that data goes back to zero when the real season starts here. Exactly. Now, obviously, you know, if it's 10 games this is into the regular season, 15 games and Derek White's still struggling, well, then there's some concerns there. That's real data. And that's where you really have to and, you know, start looking. And that's players. where you start to wonder, is there a lingering yeah. injury somewhere? Exactly. So, yeah. So, again, you know, I know that Derek's had a, had a rough preseason shooting the ball, but for now, I think that the Spurs will take him in as, as they're as their starting um, one of their starting guards there in that starting rotation. All right. So our last topic here, Ben, uh, let's just uh, look at some some lastly, um, some some notes and roster updates. Uh, there's been a few Austin moves here for the team. Um, they signed and waived Jalen Morris and Denzel Mahoney over the last few days. Again, just to get their G League rights, so they can add them to the Austin Spurs. They are also supposed to sign Jordan Burns um, next. Um, and again, probably do the same thing where they waive him uh, just to get his G League rights. Um, uh, the dates to watch, you and I are recording this on a Tuesday, so that means that, and this is October 12th, so that means that there are now six days left for the Spurs to either trade or waive one more player on the roster uh, to get to, to the to the, um, to, to the league minimum of 15 players on guaranteed deals by October 18th. And also, there are six days left to, for the team to sign Lonnie Walker the fourth to an extension. Um, so now let's just talk quickly about, um, you know, who gets waived or traded, do we think, uh, you know, with, with these last six days coming down to the wire here. So let's first look at Alfred Camino, who you brought up earlier. You know, he has $10.2 million guaranteed on his on his deal right now. And, you know, if we look at Luca, how he really wasn't playing in the preseason, uh, Amino's in an even worse position than that. He's only played Amino in one preseason game so far out of four. And so right now, you know, you would think that he's the player that's going to be next to, to get waived. But again, he has a huge salary there, 10.2 million. That's a good, you know, that's a good salary to use in different kinds of trades. Exactly. The other player... Who, who I would who I who I look at is probably Keita Bates' job. Um, you know he he's getting minutes uh, in these preseason games, but he again he's like the third or fourth option there at the four off the bench. He's never going to be like you know the, the first or secondary option. And and him uh, you know if he got waived, just because he has a lower salary, one point seven million dollars guaranteed. So um, what are your thoughts on on uh, if either of these players get waived or traded? Yeah, I, I think ideally you probably want to waive KBD. You want to trade Aminu if you can. Mm-hmm. I think you can get like you said that he has a decent size salary that can get matched somewhere else or by someone else or a team sends you cash and a pick back or something. So, which is going to be more than whatever a team can give you for Kate Bates job, mm-hmm. despite him being potentially third or fourth in your rotation. But then that just makes room for Aminu, who's a fine player. So it's not too much of an issue. I, I really want to see Aminu get traded and, 
this is something from much further down the line, but I want to see Thad Young get good minutes throughout the season. And then he becomes potential trade bait at the deadline when, you know, the teams who realize they're contending think to themselves, okay, what can we do to put ourselves over the top? Let's get uh, a forward like Thad Young who can really help us. He's good locker room presence, good Mm -hmm. player. You know, he's, he's not going to have, he's not going to give us any issues and he's not expensive, but he has enough of a salary that, you know, we can trade him away and we'll get value somewhere. So I think um, hopefully the Spurs can be sellers at the deadline in that regard, at least with Thad Young's contract. But if I'm them, probably, probably waving Kate Bates, maybe trying to get him on the Austin team as well and mm-hmm. kind of fill out your roster there again, because it's only 1.7 million. It's chump change at this point. And frankly, so is Samanich's contract. So um, if, but if that gets taken off because he doesn't clear waivers, someone claims him great, even better. That's slightly more cap space. The Spurs have to work with now this season, rather than waiting for the summer for it to come off the books. But you know, kind of depending on what else they do, they could be pretty open with their book next summer. Yeah, um, I, I would just say what, what you brought up there was a good point here. There was that I think that with Luca getting waived now, I think it, it makes it more likely that they don't trade Thaddeus Young uh, before this October 18th deadline. I think that you're right. I think they take him into the season. There's some signs there. The fact that Luca's now gone, they just got to wave one more player. And then the other fact is that, like I said, uh, Thaddeus Young is getting minutes here. Pop is trying to include him in the rotation uh, off the bench. So I think that, yes, I think that they're going to go into the season right now from what all things look like, like they are going to add Thaddeus Young to part of this rotation. And then, you know, try and keep him up until, um, you know, at some point during the season, maybe like you said a contender reaches out and says you know you know maybe a first round pick for him who knows who's who knows what they would offer uh up until that february 10th trade deadline so again we'll kind of see what happens with this roster there's six days left for the spurs to get their roster down to 15 players on guaranteed contracts all right so uh thanks to ben for joining me here on this episode don't forget to visit projectspurs.com spurscast listeners Uh, we have recaps analysis and observations coming for for the preseason games and also the regular season which begins next week um the databases that i create are coming they're on their way uh, the shot, the shot location box score is available right now. And then, uh, yeah. So thanks again to Ben for joining me here on the Spurs cast and to Michael DeLeon for mixing and producing this episode from all of us at Project Spurs. Stay safe and have a great day. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.